Hello and welcome back to another edition of Roomsticks and Butterbeer, episode 117. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are going to be talking about chapter 24 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix today. Uh, But before we do that, we will of course recap chapter 23. And before we do that, we're going to talk about how SalukiCon was. SalukiCon! This past weekend. Uh, Before that, you and I both got COVID again. Great fun. Yeah. Uh, This time... I would put it, if the first time we got it was a 10, uh, on the fun scale. <laughs> <laughs> fun scale. If fun means debilitatingly uh, awful, I'll put this at a 2.5. Oh. I guess then I have to go 1? A little underwhelming. I was thinking 2, and then you went 2.5. Yeah, I went 2.5. But mine was not as bad as yours, so I guess I got to go 1. 1. Yeah, 1.5? I'm really disappointed in, one and a quarter. in the effort that COVID is bringing lately. Um, hmm. They've kind of, you know, dropped their game a little bit. No, I think we just upped our game. I don't know, but thank God for vaccinations. Thank God for modern medicine. Um, it wasn't as bad as i was thinking it was going to be uh when i tested positive but um you know four or five days later i was pretty much back to normal i think yeah so um mine was just like a horrible night like fever chills yeah almost like when you got the vaccine yeah like you kind of get the day or two where you just feel like garbage but yeah so that, that was fun but we were luckily recovered uh, in time to go to Saluki Con in Carbondale, Illinois this past weekend and met a lot of new fans, met a lot of new listeners, uh, met some people who already listened to the show. Nice. That's always which fun. W- which was pretty cool. Uh, gave out a lot of prizes, a lot of t-shirts, bookmarks and buttons and hosted Harry Potter trivia there, which was, uh, we're getting pretty good at that. Getting pretty good at that Harry Potter we're trivia. great at that. I still had a little bit of COVID brain. There was a couple times I was trying to say some things and remember some characters that are still my head was still a little fuzzy but uh it went off without a hitch so i was uh yeah well it tried to have hitches tried to have will smith's what played hitch in that movie hitch (laughs) (laughs) uh we didn't have a projector and we didn't have things we we got it we got it you tracked one down got it done you tracked one down Shout out to the ladies at the information table. Yeah, ladies at the information table, you're dope. <laughs> I literally was like, hi, I don't know if you can help me, but you're sitting at a table and you look like you know things. <laughs> yeah. She was like, we're the information table. This is what we do. And <laughs> then I asked her. We do know things. We're the information table. <laughs> and then she's like, um, there's, I've got one person I can call. Let me call that person. Mm. It's like, okay. I wish I had a guy I could call. Well, you did, but you can get it through to him. Yeah, I had his number, but they gave me the wrong number. <laughs> I think it was the same guy. I don't know. So I'm like, well, hopefully you have the right number, because we tried that. Yeah. We tried to play that card. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we ended up having to fold that hand, because we didn't have the right cards, apparently. Yep. Uh, next up for us here in 2023 is St. Louis County Library. Yeah. Trivia. The date... March 20th. That would not be March. May, May, May 20th. 20th. <laughs> May 20th. I don't know. It starts with an M. That's a Saturday. Saturday. What time? 3.30. 3.30. You have the... to register, though. You cannot yeah. just show up. What's the website? Is it slcl.org? St. Louis County Library. slcl.org. You're going to go to the events. You can find it different ways. You can type in Harry Potter. You can type in Trivia. You can search for that's just because they want to know like Valley how, like, I got enough room for everybody. Yeah, we only have a certain amount of room. Yeah, they don't want like three thousand people showing up. Yeah, <laughs> and have fire code violations and whatnot. So May twentieth, you said it's a Saturday at I already forgot three thirty three thirty at the Florissant Valley branch, branch of the St. Louis County Library. So come on, come all. Just yes. re- make sure you register in advance. So we're gonna have. Of course, bookmarks and buttons, but we're going to have t-shirts. We're going to have prizes for the winners, uh, probably first, second, and third place. We're going to have prizes just for participating. And there might be a little something for you if you come in a costume that's cool. What? I like that. So, costumes are welcome. Costumes are encouraged. Are encouraged, yeah. Yes. Not just welcome, but encouraged. 
So that's our next uh, live event. But while we're recording here, we're going to be talking about Chapter 24, Acclumency? Acclumency, yep. Uh, before we do, let's talk about Chapter 23. And then at the end of the show, we've got, I told you we got several emails about our J.K. Rowling conversation. You didn't, even, you didn't let me read them. I don't know uh-uh. what's happening. Uh-uh. I'm going to be on Gonna the edge of my seat you. this whole time. That's right. Uh, last time, Chapter 23, Christmas on the Closed Ward. Harry tries to run away from the house at Grimmauld Place, even thinking of going back to the Dursleys, but is stopped by his conversation with the portrait of Phineas Nigellis. Uh, Sirius is loving having everyone in the house for Christmas and is actually in a cheerful mood for once. Hermione is back, giving up her ski trip to spend time with her wizarding family. Hermione also pulls a Jessica Rhino and tells Hermione to basically suck it up and stop feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, we do Christmas morning at Grimmauld Place, then head back to St. Mungo's to visit the alien Arthur Weasley. Arthur gets in trouble with Molly for trying to use muggle methods on his wounds. The kids run into their old friend Gilderoy Lockhart in the spell damage wing at St. Mungo's, but we also see Neville there. And Neville is visiting his parents, who have apparently been residents of St. Mungo's since Bellatrix, Bellatrix, easy for me to say, Lestrange turned their brains into mashed potatoes. That, that sums it up. Very sad, very awkward ending to chapter 23. Anything else I missed? No, you, that was very to the oh point. Oh my god, thank you. Uh, chapter 24... Acclumency. I had to ask you how to pronounce that many times. Uh, Even just a couple minutes ago. Yeah, so at the beginning of the chapter, there was something that, that was kind of brushed aside, and I wanted to ask you if that's something we need to keep an eye on. But in the last chapter, the kids couldn't find Creature, the racist house elf, to give him a Christmas present. And turns out Creature was in the attic, and Sirius seems okay with this turn of events and the explanation but harry seems a little more skeptical yeah uh the last episode or last episode oh my goodness the last chapter they just kind of think oh house elves are loyal to the family they have to do what they're told they can't do anything else and harry's like no dobby came dobby to does me whatever the heck he wants and told <laughs> me what the malfoys were planning something and, and used magic to me. prevent me from going and he had to punish himself but he did it like i think a lot of People, a lot of wizards take it for granted and mm. think that this, they're just these loyal little creatures that won't do anything. But Harry knows better. Yeah, so maybe we need to keep an eye on Creature in the future? Maybe. I honestly have no idea, so that's why I'm asking if this was just kind of a thing that should be brushed aside like it was in the beginning of the chapter. I don't think so. I mean, you don't write things that aren't important. Well, I, I might disagree with that. This book's a little long in the tooth, but... <laughs> uh, Sirius is having some post-Christmas blues, Jess. Me and the blues. Me and the blues. I just... That's from The Office, by oh, the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you were doing... Morgan doing Jake's voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a in, little inside joke there. Sorry. That's the that's an inside inside joke. Yeah. Very inside. That's like the inner circle doesn't even know that one. Nope. That's like inside you the family. Be the right, yeah, in the fam. Mm. Well, uh, like I said, Sirius not feeling too great now that he knows the kids are going back to Hogwarts soon. Uh, Molly Weasley called it fits of the sullens. And for the first time that we can recall, Harry isn't too happy in, about going back to Hogwarts either, is he? No, he's sulking. Uh, Sirius is sulking. I don't know why Hermione's not telling him all to get over it. Suck like, it up. Let's let's waste the, the the time that we have together sulking. Everybody especially for Sirius. Hurts. And he goes and he's like shuts himself up in the room with Buckbeak for hours and on mm. end. I'm like, you're upset that people are not going to be around. So why not spend every minute with them? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just feeling weird. sorry for yourself. But there is, uh, there's actually several reasons why Harry's not wanting to return to Hogwarts. He's obviously, he would look forward to Quidditch, but he's been banned. He is having, you know, almost daily negative interactions with, uh, Umbridge. <laughs> Umbridge. So, uh, 
if that wasn't enough, Harry's got another reason not to return to Hogwarts now, because Professor Snape shows up at Grimmauld Place, and he has some news for Harry. What's that news? Is it good news, Daniel? It is not. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a way to spin that? Yeah. No. Yeah, I was thinking that I too. guess there could be a... Like extra lessons? You learn a new life skill? Learn, yeah, learning new ways to protect yourself. Protecting your brain from the evilest wizard known in history? I don't know. But you have to do it with your least favorite professor. We're not least favorite. Who's the least favorite now? Umbridge? Gotta be Umbridge. I mean, Snape Snape is a a jerk to Harry, but he's never taken away something like Quidditch from him, or you know, tortured tattoos into his skin, yes. you know, tattoo torture into his skin. But, uh, you know, Snape's no picnic either for Harry. But it kind of brings us back to the namesake of this chapter, which is Occlumency. And Dumbledore feels that Harry needs to be able to protect his brain from tampering by Voldemort, right? Yeah. I guess we got there in this chapter. I was a little confused a couple of times. I'm like, because we're talking about, oh, you know, you need to empty your brain and not have any emotions or thoughts and then, like, have this wall. But it's when he's sleeping. You don't know to do that when you're sleeping. But at the very end, he's like, oh, make sure you clear your mind before you go to bed. Yeah, that that, that, that little ditty. Tried to put it together, tried to make this makes sense didn't really give any strategies for how to clear your mind no no, just make sure you do it hey what's the uh, abbreviation for the state of montana i don't know empty (laughs) your brain should be empty (laughs) like like i i went straight to like how to abbreviate the word not like the actual abbreviation how you would abbreviate november Mm -hmm. so i Went to like the first three no, letters. No, you nailed it. You and then I'm like, it. no, wait, that's not right. MT, that's why. Which is what your brain MT. should be to, fi- to fight off the Dark Lord. So the disdain between Snape and Sirius is well known, and it is absolutely palpable in this chapter. Sirius is sitting with Harry as Snape gives Harry the news of what's to come with these private lessons. Uh, I don't even know if did we actually say it. Snape is going to be teaching <laughs> Harry <laughs> occlumency. Yeah, I don't think we actually spelled it out. Uh, Dumbledore is not going to be doing it. Uh, Snape obviously not very happy about it because of his uh, disdain toward Harry. And uh, Sirius and Snape are just needling each other at the at the table here. We got Snape giving Sirius a hard time about not being able to leave Grimmauld Place. Sirius is threatening Snape not to give Harry any trouble, and when Snape brings up Harry's dad, James, we get ourselves a bit of a face-off, don't we? Yeah. Um, they... It's quite ridiculous, grown men, but they had to jump up and pull their wands out and poke them at each other. Which is basically like pulling guns out and yes. pointing them in each other's yes. faces. Like, seriously? This is what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and in front of a child, too, by the way. Yep. Not that they view Harry as a innocent child or anything, but um, I think the real thing there, too, was Snape alluded to that Sirius went out to, you know, walked him to King's Cross and that mm-hmm. Malfoy recognized him and now, now... His disguise doesn't even work. Mm-hmm. So you now you really can't leave the house. And he kind of p- phrased it that, or insinuated that, he did it on purpose. Yes. Because he's a coward and he doesn't want to be able to leave the house. Which doesn't that, really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, clearly it, he's yeah, stir crazy. He wants to leave really, the house. Snape's really reaching. reaching. Well, you went out in dog form at King's Cross in a place you knew people would recognize you, so... You would have an excuse to hide at home and not be involved in the down and dirty work of the Order of the Phoenix. I mean, it would make more sense to say that you're so stupid you did that. Than <laughs> Your saying, mom is so stupid! <laughs> than saying you're a coward and you did it on purpose because you don't want to leave the house. Like, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it gets under his skin. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe he knew what he was doing. And really, the only reason that this moment didn't turn absolutely disastrous is because Arthur is home from the hospital and he walks in with Hermione and the Weasley clan 
Yay! Which kind of dissipates the situation. It makes everything freeze for a second. Imagine walking in to somebody's house and two people that you're very familiar with are in your, you know, circle of trust, so to speak, are just pointing guns in each other's face and not like, not playing around, not joking, with a child standing in the middle holding both of them back. That's not cool. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not okay. Both the both these guys need to grow up. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is a really potentially combustible situation going forward when two members of the order can't even be in the same room together. Is this something that? Well, they can be in the same room together. They just have to be uh, babysat. <laughs> <laughs> they can't look at each other. Can't talk to each other. You over there. You over there. Put six people in between you. It's like having you know two kids in a classroom that can't be near each other because they're just going to fight, mm-hmm. or and you know, and not just like make fun of each other, but like the potential of a knockdown, drag out, life or death situation. Yes, it's ridiculous. It is. Like, is there any? How can this? How can you even fix a situation like this? I don't think you can. I mean, it just goes back too far. It's too far, far gone, right? It's like well, too much it goes history back, between yeah, them. Too much history. Too. So now Sirius is even in a worse mood than he was before, right? Yep. He's seething during dinner. He's already in that post-Christmas depression. Like, what's Sirius's state of mind right now? Like, what could he, you know, possibly be? What could possibly be going on in that brain of his? You know, I don't know. See, this is part of where I really struggle with his character. I know some people just adore him, but when we talked about. Uh, who wasn't cast right. And then I said, well, mm-hmm. I don't think it's good. he wasn't cast right. I just don't think the character is very consistent mm-hmm. or that the character's actions make sense. Yeah. Like, I, I get that he's frustrated that he has to stay there, but... And he's also... We, we've talked about the damage that's been done to him long-term because of his stay in Azkaban. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got, you know, probably PTSD from that. So, you know, there's all already trauma that he has to work through on a daily basis i'm sure and i'm guessing you know being alone is kind of reminiscent to being alone at azkaban mm-hmm. but i don't know for some reason i just want to shake him and say grow up mm-hmm. you're gonna have to put your big boy pants on and be a responsible adult at this point point. and we talked in the past too about how he kind of missed a lot of that growing up like adulting because you know he lost his best friends and got sent to the worst place in the whole wizarding world and has been even though he got out he's been on the run you know and hasn't been able to you know even live any semblance of a normal life so he's you know kind of working with a a half deck of cards here from the start and then just it just seems like thing after thing keeps happening to him. But you're right. At some point, you have to kind of look more going forward than you can going back mm-hmm. or else you're really you know putting yourself at a disadvantage. And I know it sounds insensitive. And, you know, we, we like you said, we talked about all these traumas that are building up on him. But at the same time, you know, he's responsible for Harry. Mm-hmm. And we're in basically back going back into a time of war and bad things are happening. You kind of have to just rise up mm-hmm. and put at least put some of that aside and do what you need to do. Rise up when yes. you're living on your knees, you rise, rise up. up. Serious Black has to rise up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sirius gives Harry... Some kind of mystery package before Harry leaves. Mm-hmm. And Harry says it's in like a, some kind of wrapping. He said Brown it's paper. About, about the size of like a small paperback or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Sirius says it's a way to let for Harry to let Sirius know if Snape is giving him a hard time. And I have no clue what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't remember, but I'm assuming it's like some sort of journal that they can write in and the is other this person in the gets to write in it. I don't think so. 
because I have no I have no clue what what this is what this is talk what this is referencing. I I don't remember. All right. Well, that'll be that'll be a little treat going forward to find out. How about that? Uh, we have another appearance of the night bus. Oh, I think I do remember. Sorry. Okay. How about Sorry, that? Sorry, fans. I do remember. I'm a little tired. My brain's a little foggy. Okay. Now I do remember. You got a little purple haze going through your brain. No. Okay. Uh, another appearance of the night bus, and we are going to be taking the night bus, that being uh, the Weasley kids, Hermione and Harry, uh, escorted by Lupin and Tonks. We're going to be taking the night bus from Grimmauld Place to uh, Hogsmeade or Hogwarts, Hogwarts yeah. through via or through Hogsmeade to Hogwarts. And this is the Weasleys' first time on it. Like how can how, that's kind of hard for me to believe. How can that be? Well, no, think about it. So it costs money per mm-hmm. person. Yeah, now, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So they're. It's like when we we all the Rhino kids wanted to go to McDonald's and get Happy Meals when we were little. We're like, no, we'll go on thirty nine cent cheeseburger night, and we'll all split two large fries, and we'll drink milk at home. <laughs> I was thinking more of, um, you know, when we would go up to Chicago, if we're gonna have six people and we all have to buy a train ticket, mm-hmm. it's really cheaper just to drive, mm. pile everybody in the van, yeah. and drive up there, yeah, rather than each person pay a train ticket if just me and you wanted to go up to chicago it's cheaper to jump on the train and go up there sure um but the more people you have you have to multiply the expense Law of diminishing returns i don't know it just i i thought that i understand the cost but i would have thought that at some point in their lives it would have happened like a special thing if you're in the wizarding world i just assume that you have been on the night bus i feel like it's more like la that's transit oh wow <laughs> uh jennifer told me that i was not allowed to take public transit in, in, in LA. la sorry i don't think actually i would say sorry to all the la people if we offended you but i don't think they would be because it seems like they're like oh we know we know <laughs> we know I um, love L.A., by the way. I'm like Randy Newman. I love L.A. We had a lot of fun. I did. Uh, I think that only certain witches and wizards uh-huh. go on the night bus, and it's really only if they have to. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it's a pleasant ride. Ron fell over six times. Why are we taking the night bus, then? Why aren't we just taking the... Does the Hogwarts Express not run after Christmas break or something? I don't think they wanted to go um, back to King's Cross mm. because they did that, got recognized, da 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 da. Okay. So maybe that was what would be expected is gotcha. to go on the go back to King's Cross and go from there. So they're doing something different. Surprise, like unexpected. Mundungus didn't just steal another car or something. Yeah. <laughs> We're rolling in a limo to Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I thought that that was a little. That was a little surprising to me that the Weasleys had never been on it. Um, there was something else about the night bus I wanted to ask you. It said that the setup of the night bus was different from the last time that Harry rode, which was at night. And at nighttime, for the nighttime ride, the bus was full of beds. And for the daytime ride, it was full of just random chairs. So is this a common like day-night setup where at nighttime... There might be like some overnight trips, so we have beds ready, and during the daytime we just have chairs ready. Or is this kind of a room of requirement thing where, you know, it kind of the bus fits the needs of the travelers? Um, I think it's more daytime, nighttime related. Also, like when we didn't hear about the amenities this time, but there were amenities last time. I think you could get hot chocolate and a toothbrush or something. Hot chocolate and a toothbrush. And <laughs> So that went with uh, exactly what I want on on the bus. On the bus, scalding hot. Bring me your finest hot chocolate and your bristliest toothbrush. (laughs) So you think it's just like a daytime, nighttime setup? I'm sure Kelly will email in and correct us with. Oh, she just texts the actual setup of the night bus. Um, 
why didn't Harry and Ron... So in the second book, when they're prevented from taking the Hogwarts Express and they have to take the, you know, Arthur's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to the to Hogwarts and it's seen by muggles and it lands in the the heavyweight boxing champ, championship boxing tree. Why didn't Harry and Ron just take the night bus? Well, the car was right there. <laughs> it was right there, babe. But it's an awful choice. It's an, It was an awful choice to make. And if Ron's ever been on the night bus, it probably wasn't one of his first thoughts. Yeah, I know he'd never ridden it, but I'm sure... He knew about it. Yes. And I know he knew how to request a ride. And you know that Harry's loaded. So he could have easily paid for them to ride the night bus. I just don't think it was you just his saying, first You thought. think Ron's too his daft. First thought <laughs> was, thought hey, there's that flying car right there. You know the model of that car? No. It's a uh, Ford Anglia. Like a, a Model T, A N G L I A, which is actually a, a real uh, a model of, of car. So it might be a little trivia question at some point. <laughs> Ford Anglia, I think that's how you pronounce it. I just don't know why they wouldn't have taken the night bus, but I'm blaming on Ron, I guess. Uh, one positive for Harry in this chapter: looks like he's got a Hogsmeade Valentine's date with Cho set up for next month. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Now, you all know I don't pick favorites, but Harry, he is my favorite. Yep. That's Cho. <laughs> oh. No, she she like got so. a little sick over Christmas break. She had a little bit of a cold. A little raspy there. Yeah. So, it's time for our private occlumency lessons with Professor Snape. And apparently these lessons are needed because Voldemort is highly skilled at legolumency. No, legit. Le, it's like legitimate. Legi- legitim, legitim, mm. mm. Legilim, legilimency. That's closer. Oh, it looks like legilimency. <laughs> like apothecary. <laughs> it's like the kind, same kind of tone. Apothecary. Apothecary. Legilimency. You think it's legilimency? Yeah. Okay. Well, feel free to correct us. Uh, which is the ability to extract feelings and memories from another person's mind. A lot of NCs in this chapter. Occlumency, legolumency. Yeah, a lot of NCs in this chapter. Uh, what is Snape's reasoning behind something that happens in this chapter? Snape is very taken aback and very angry when Harry says Voldemort's name out loud. Is it like a Candyman, like Bloody Mary, Beetlejuice thing? Like, if you say it enough, it's, he's going to appear? Because he gets re- Snape gets really mad at Harry for saying Voldemort's name. Snape always says the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. What's the well, okay, What's the reasoning behind that? Probably several things. But, you know, Snape used to be a Death Eater. Mm. And, you know... He's got a little PTSD from yeah, from that. Probably, like nobody was probably allowed to use his his name. Mm-hmm. They all had to say the Dark Lord, um, and that's also different. So, like people who other witches and wizards don't say the Dark Lord; they say you know who or mm-hmm. he must not be named. So it's just kind of a whole thing in their society not to say the name. But I think Snape's is more from. Being a follower mm-hmm. of the Dark Lord. I just kind of wonder because Harry said, well, D- Dumbledore says it. Why can't I say it? And Snape's reasoning is, well, Dumbledore's a very powerful wizard. Well, so is Snape. You know, and, and Snape doesn't seem like he suffers fools very much. He, he seems like he is is very confident in, you know, his abilities and and his stature that he would also be like i like i would expect mcgonagall to say it i don't know i don't know if she's ever said it there's a a point where she switches but i i would think that she would probably be confident enough to Mm -hmm. 
to say it, confident enough in her abilities. But you think just with Snape, it's more of like because of the personal connection he had and yeah. the, what he had to go through. And just like, he knows what will happen if somebody displeases Voldemort mm-hmm. and just calling him by his name rather than giving him the respect that he thinks that he deserves could result in some kind of punishment. So I think Snape is smart enough to know how to, you know, appease him and not go down that road. So yeah, he may be confident enough, but he's also wary of the the punishments. Sure. Uh, The private tutoring seems closer to private torturing to me uh can you des- just need some knee pads he'll be fine can you describe the the process that snape is putting harry through and he there he kind of does several trials of this and kind of what the outcomes of those are well after vaguely describing what they were going to do and why not giving harry much he just does it real quick yeah he's just one two three jumps into his head and um, he does tell Harry that you can repel me any way you want. You can repel me with your wand. You can repel me with magic. But it's best to repel him with his mind. And the first one, he does some sort of jinx and doesn't even realize he did it. And Snape gets mm-hmm. like a welt on his wrist yeah. um, from like a stinger jinx or something mm-hmm. like that. And then the second time, he does, I think he does push Snape out. Mm-hmm. And then the third time, Snape stops because that's when they, they it's the hallway with the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harry starts to put together some things that he's envisioned before and things that he's seen before and starts to make connections between the goings-on of the Order of the Phoenix and what happened to Arthur Weasley and Snape kind of shuts, Snape gets frustrated with that and kind of shuts it down. Mm-hmm. And Harry kind of is kind of feeling his oats a little bit, huh. too. I figured some things out. Yeah, why well, don't you tell me about what you got to say about that? It's also just one of those things where you because he was dreaming about the door and he couldn't remember why or, you know, he'd seen it before but he couldn't remember where he'd seen it, why it was important, or anything like that. And then this just kind of put it all together. And it's like, it's like when we were trying to come up with that chicken strip restaurant's name and we couldn't come up with mm. it. And then all of a sudden we did. We were very proud of ourselves. We well, had a you, hard time. Where you were, were we, very proud where of yourself. Where were we at? We were in uh, Saluki Khan. We were at Saluki Khan. We were still suffering from low COVID brain. And we couldn't think of the name Raising Cane. Yes. Yeah, because we had Harold's Chicken. <laughs> we had Harold's Chicken. We were chicken, talking about, yeah. I don't know, chicken strips in general. And then. Oh, I said the bread. I wish the bread was more like the yeah. bread at that other place. Like and that, I couldn't like that, think of you it. You like that buttered Texas toast. I, like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Texas toast, but I like their buttered, buttered Texas, mm-hmm. Texas toast. I'll tell you what. Harold's Chicken, though. Chicken um, it's some 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 of my favorite chicken. And I and I was kind of surprised that there was one in Carbondale because I thought it was only a Chicago thing. But then we saw one when we were in L.A., too. Yeah. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening from, look it up. See yeah, if there's and Harold's, Harold's chicken, chicken. If you want to sponsor us, you might. There might be a Harold's chicken near <laughs> yeah, you. Just send us some some uh, chicken chicken strips and fries, and you can have some live reads on the air here. You can um, boomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Test the integrity of your gallbladder. Pardon me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's greasy. It is greasy. It's. Delicious though. So it's it is really greasy. good, and their their sauces are real good too. It, they got good sauce. It's hard on your gallbladder, so if you're having a gallbladder that's having issues, you will know. Yeah, it's it's delicious though. Uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, uh, <laughs> Harry was proud of himself because he remembered about the door. That's right. That's what we were talking about. Well, Harry's really put through the ringer in this first occlumency lesson. And just like when you're overworked and overstressed, your body is more likely to get sick, you know, like when you're run down. And the lesson really has Harry's scar hurting. So that's another thing I was confused about, because so far his scar only hurts Mm -hmm. when Voldemort is near or when he's like about to have one of these visions Mm -hmm. or some such thing like that. Yeah. 
And so I was kind of confused why we started mentioning the scar during this. And, but then, I don't know, I just felt like it was, it was kind of like the thing at the end, oh, clear your mind before you go to bed. Yeah. Like it was, I'm going to loosely tie these two things yeah. together. That's the only thing that made that, the only thing that really makes sense to me is that there's always this connection between Harry and Voldemort, but most of the time Harry is, whether he knows it or not, capable enough of kind of repelling that. You feel like his brain is just busy enough that you're tuning it out. And he's special enough, too. There's something special about Harry because of what happened when, you know, he's the boy who lived, you know, and he shouldn't have. There's something special about him. And there's there's something that, like you said, he's got enough going on and he's normally pretty up to snuff when it comes to challenges and things like that. And he could probably normally repel these things from, from Voldemort. And really the only time when Voldemort really gets in his head is when he's sleeping. This is when your kind of defenses are really, are really down. But now that Harry's kind of been put through the ringer with these Aquamancy lessons, Harry's really run down. And I think that that's why, you know, we've got the scar hurting because Voldemort's always trying to, not not that he's trying to, but there, there's always that connection presence. between, there's yeah. always that presence. It's, it's always there. And it's just like, like I said, when you, when you're not getting enough sleep, when you're working too much, that's when you're mo- more likely to get sick. You know, because your body needs rest. Your body needs rejuvenation. And not not divination. It needs <laughs> rejuvenation. But that's when Harry's scar really starts hurting. He's like even feeling feverish. He's like just really worn down, wanting to go to bed. It's almost like he's, you know, sick. Yeah. And it almost seems like it's going to take some time to build up immunity so maybe we feeling. shouldn't do these at night right before he goes to yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe do it right after lunch when you got a lot of carbs in you. Yeah. No, <laughs> then you get sleepy. No, you don't have to get sleepy. You get sleepy after you eat a bunch of food. Not always. <laughs> you don't have to. You do, though. You, get, you just got a carbo load, baby. Get that energy. Get that energy. And uh, since Harry's defenses aren't that great right now... Harry gets a very clear emotional connection from Voldemort, who seems to be ecstatically happy about something, which when Voldemort is ecstatically happy for some, about something, that really doesn't bode well for the good guys. No. And he was, like, creepy laughing. Yeah. Like, Harry was laughing. Yeah. I just I imagine, like, Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. He's <laughs> <laughs> just petting a cat. <laughs> I'll get you, Gadget. If you had, uh, by the way, what's the name of the dog in Inspector Gadget? There you go. And the name Penny. of the little girl? There you go. Loved Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Not Inspector Gadget. I hated Inspector Gadget. He was so dumb. But I love Penny and her dog. Well, thank thank goodness for Penny and, and Brain, or else Inspector Gadget would have been, you know, You're turned gone. into mush by no Dr. <laughs> Dr. Claw in the first episode. Uh, and I think that's it for Chapter 24, unless there's anything you want to add before we get to these emails. Um... I think we covered it. All right. Like I said, you can always send us your emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Or uh, you can send us direct messages on Twitter if you follow us at broomsticksb. That's broomsticks followed by the letter B. No spaces, no underscores. Uh, You can also send them uh, to us through Facebook, through uh, Broomsticks and Butterbeer on Facebook. And last week we talked about, uh, it seems that it's coming closer and closer to fruition, the reboot of harry potter in the form of a television series on hbo max or i think it's just called max now i think they might even drop the hbo but it's coming we're going to be recasting these characters it's kind of interesting because we had that we had an email many many episodes ago about who we would recast who we would cast in a reboot i don't know if you remember us talking about that and I said Neil Patrick Harris was my Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> and I'm hoping that really happens in this in this reboot. But it kind of got us talking about J.K. Rowling and how she's going to be involved in this series and how there has been a big division in the Wizarding World fandom about her being involved in, in future product, 
projects and her and people wanting to support her financially by continuing to buy anything involved with Harry Potter because of some comments that she made on Twitter and some tweets that she liked and some people that she followed that kind of, that skew toward the transphobic uh, side of the fence. And we talked about how it's sometimes difficult to separate the person from the their product the, the, art. yeah their project from their personal beliefs and i i still don't know where i fall on that i still love taking this journey with you through through harry potter i love everything about the people that we met the fans that we met and the little kind of community that we've built here and i don't want hate speech to take that away so i guess in a way i am able to kind of not agree with some of the takes that she has but still appreciate this universe that she's created for us and we got several emails about our discussion there i'm going to read some to you right now okay uh the first one comes from natalie in racine wisconsin hey i go there for lore chorusing oh how about that to racine all the time how well, about that i did i haven't gone recently but i do you go Racing and racing. 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 Well, it's not really racing. It's lure crossing. But it's people think it's a cult. It's racing. Uh, she writes, Dear Dan and Jess, thank you for the J.K. Rowling discussion on the last episode. I'm a trans woman of color, and my reaction to people insulting J.K. Rowling is mute. I just can't bring myself to care. Would I be sexist to J.K. Rowling personally? No. Because as a woman, I know that sexism is real. My only issue is that JK's words were used to push for abortion bans. And then we had a, there was another email that, that kind of referenced that too. Mm -hmm. um, in case you're unfamiliar what she's talking about. That's when opinions become dangerous. My love for these books will never go away. Ms. Rowling has created a world that brings fans of Harry Potter together, even while her personal views on Twitter pull people apart. I feel that I can still be a fan of the art while disagreeing with her political views. Uh, next email, uh, didn't have a name, but it's from Sweetie Pie 18 Hi, Sweetie Pie. Uh, regarding separating J.K. Rowling's views on transgender people, I do have a hard time overlooking her personal views. If it was just a random thought on Twitter, it would be easier to swallow. But Joanne, which is J.K. Rowling, <laughs> <laughs> continues, to, we know. continues to needle the trans community with her carefree attitude on the subject. It's no coincidence that her pseudonym, Robert Galbraith, is named after homo and transphobic conversion therapist Robert Galbraith Heath. I did not know that. Did not. Uh, and she used that name for some YA book she wrote, didn't she? Robert Robert Galbraith, didn't she write some... That's a mystery one? Like there's an adult mystery yeah, one, I think. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Like within the last several years, I think. Yeah, I didn't bother i didn't realize that that name was also the name of a uh, homo and transphobic conversion therapist but where there's smoke there's fire so that can't be a coincidence <laughs> it'd be a very strange one um can we also point out the i'm going back to the email now can we also point out the fact that she never writes books under the name joanne it's either Robert or J.K., both names used to hide the fact that she is a female author so she can sell more books. A bit hypocritical, in my humble opinion. And the last email comes from Jennifer, not our Jennifer. Are you sure? Uh, this one's in Atlanta, Georgia. Is she in Atlanta right now? No, but maybe she mistyped. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to write an email under a pseudonym. But, but instead of Jennifer, Jennifer from Orange County, California, I would be Jennifer from Atlanta, Georgia, and they'll never know. <laughs> Sorry, Atlanta Jennifer. Atlanta Jennifer. We're just teasing. Atlanta Jen writes, Hi, Dan and Jess. Your discussion of the cancellation of J.K. Rowling really had me thinking. Can I separate the art from the artist? Can I continue to enjoy this literary world she created, even though I disagree with her personal views? Should we just ignore her? Or does silence equal violence? I've decided that I have every right to enjoy these books, in addition to the movies, video games, and merchandise associated with them, just like she has the right to feel the way she feels. My main issue is the dangerous dishonesty she exudes. 
She claims to have accidentally liked a Twitter post from a transphobic person while she was conducting research for a project. And J.K. Rowling did say that that she she was taking screenshots of Twitter posts for research for some something she was writing, and she accidentally clicked like on there accidentally in air quotes. Uh, Jen puts here. Go back to the email. In addition. In a t- June 2020 rant on her website, she claims that studies have consistently shown that 60-90% to 90% of gender dysmorphic teens will grow out of their dysmorphia. This resulted in an Oklahoma Republic Senator, James Langford, quoting her rant, leading to the U.S. Senate refusing to even bring the Equality Act, an LGBTQ civil rights bill that had been passed by the House, up for a vote. The problem is the facts in her rant were unfounded. No sources were cited and no studies linked or referenced. I'm not one that feels that we need to hold celebrities to a higher standard. However, we cannot ignore the dangerous nature of celebrities' opinions or just flat-out made-up facts having an incredible amount of weight and influence to them. My mom used to say a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. I totally agree and well mostly agree i do think that celebrities and people in the 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 spotlight have to be held to a higher standard i know everyone is gonna do dumb stuff once in a while i forget actually i was just watching something the other day when the the person said sometimes good people do dumb things Mm -hmm. and sometimes and then there's bad people who do bad things but sometimes there's there's good people who do dumb things. Mm-hmm. We all do dumb things. Sure. We all misspeak sometimes or don't have all the facts or whatever. But I do think they need to be held to a higher standard. Because, just like she said, their quotes and things that they say are in front of more people mm-hmm. and then just kind of get accepted as the truth. Whether they like it or not. Yeah. You know, they well, they have a megaphone that most of us don't have. But also, if you don't like it, then don't post it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you're like, oh, I don't like everybody seeing my thoughts, and then don't post it. Mm-hmm. Get off or Twitter. Or judging me for my thoughts. Get don't, off Instagram. Don't post it then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's... She had like the perfect example of how misinformation mm-hmm. coming from a certain source can just automatically be accepted as truth. Mm-hmm. That's why I think celebrities have to be held to a higher standard. They need to be fact-checked. They need to have somebody looking over their shoulder going, eh, you might not want to put that. Well, I'm very thankful for the listeners and emailers because there's several things I wasn't aware of here before I read these emails. I wasn't aware about the Robert Galbraith name connection. I wasn't aware of the, and I ended up looking it up, jkrowling.com. It was uh, June of 2020. It was into response to all the the hate that she was getting. And I am not one for, I will say this, I will take a stand on this, is that whether you disagree with her or not, I am not one for going on her Twitter and calling her names. I'm not one for going on her, her Twitter and threatening her with physical violence. No matter, and I know that's not everybody. I know that no matter what side of that you're on, there are extremists on both sides and they are the loudest ones. And they're the ones that get the most attention, even though they're the smallest percentage of each side. And they're the ones that ruin it for the rest. of Right. Exactly. You know, like the kids at school, it's like, well, how come we can't do this anymore? And I'm like, well, because somebody did this. Yeah. Can't have fun anymore because somebody ruined it. Yep. So I'm, I'm not, at all in support of I'm, I'm all for every, I'm all for everybody having their opinions. I'm not in favor of threatening violence on anybody just because you don't agree with them. On the other hand though, just play devil's advocate here. I, I wasn't aware of the, the name connection. I also wasn't aware when I went back and read um, this entry that she put on her website, she did have, a lot of, I use facts in air quotes, 
that weren't backed up by anything. You know, she was basically saying that she said that 60 to 90 percent of gender dysmorphic teens, that's teens that are have, you know, dysmorphia. We've heard of like body dysmorphia where, you know, your your body, the way you look at yourself in the mirror is not the way that other people see you. And I have some friends that that suffer from that. They never think that they are they look good enough because the person they see in the mirror is not the same person that everybody else sees as far as like losing weight and, you know, how their skin looks and things like that. And it's the same thing with gender dysmorphia is that she, JK Rowling is saying that teens are basically going to grow out of it. They, they don't really think they're a boy that, that, that feels that they, you know, identify as a female. They don't really feel that they're a, fe they're a female that really identifies as a, as a male. You're just going through some stuff right now. And whether that's what you feel or not, don't make up facts because I could find nothing and nothing that I, I could find no studies that were the 60 to 90% came up in anything. And if I'm wrong, email me broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. But the fact that a elected official used that entry that she put and, and referenced her by name as why this bill can't be as if she's passed. some sort of expert right. on the subject right and that's like guys we're just like no matter what i don't care what side you're on i don't care it's like somebody you know, quoting kanye we, the, with all the stuff he says the 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 thing we say at the end of the at the end of the uh podcast you know be a wizard be a witch be a muggle be a squib but don't be a jerk i don't you know live your life the way you want to live it or and if you don't like people that want to do that that is your personal opinion don't make it violent you know but don't push your agenda on somebody else to where falsities can impact somebody's life going forward to where somebody's going to get mistreated or not going to get the protections that they deserve because of things that you're just making up out of thin air <sighs> i'm trying not to <laughs> cry right now because I don't, we don't, I don't like getting political on the show. The show is supposed to be fun. And we don't say what our political beliefs are on this show because that's not what the show's about. The show's about following these awesome books and, and talking through them and, and me, you guiding me through this, this journey. But just from the way we talk about people and to people, you can probably guess what side of the political aisle we fall on without us saying that just because we care, you know, and, and that's a, that's a big takeaway here. It's to me, it's crazy that you don't care about a certain group of people just because they're different from you. And you think that they're, there's something broken inside of them. And that they're just gonna, they're gonna grow out of it. Or that there's some therapy that they can undergo to fix this in them. No, just stop being a jerk. Just stop being mean. Just stop treating people awful just because of the color of their skin or because of, you know, you know, their gender or their gender identity or whatever. I'm just, this, this whole world has just gotten so, it's always been messed up, but particularly in the last five to ten years, it's gotten so hateful and so messed up, and it's just so frustrating because we're running out of good guys in this world, and the bad guys have this megaphone that makes them so loud and boisterous, and there's it seems like it's a losing effort to, to try to course correct that and i don't know how you course correct that other than battling hate with love and i don't know i that's that's all i i know i i went on a jk rowling-esque rant but i don't maybe i should put it on danrhino.com there you go i don't know i just you reminded me of a feeling i had the other day there was um 
there's someone in our lives, several, that have very strong beliefs, views, mm. political, and can be very hurtful to other people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I just, like you were saying, it's just this, this helpless feeling. Like, you can't, like, say anything or stand up for the other people because then you're going to create a rift. Right. And this big divide, you're going to make the divide worse if you say something. Especially um, amongst family, where where you don't want to create a rift like that. Yeah. Because you love your family, you know? And, but, sorry, I interrupted you. No, you you know what I was trying to say without saying it, but... I don't know. It just, yeah, like we were saying, I just felt like, what what can you do? And what do you do? Because uh, one of our emails here, I'm going back and looking, said, um, oh, it was it was Jennifer. It was Atlanta Jennifer. Atlanta Jennifer. She said, should we just ignore it? Or she actually said, should we just ignore her? But when things like this happen, do we do we just ignore it? Does does giving it attention give it more power, or does silence equal violence? And I think, uh, I forget what the exact quote was, uh, Dr. King said that, you know, if you, if you don't speak up, then you're, you know, just as bad as the people, I don't know, I'm, I'm butchering a, a great, no, a, I know it's, a, a great man's quote. <laughs> but what you're trying to say. <laughs> I, I apologize to the memory of Dr. King, but it's, but it's you're tricky. just, you're just as bad if you don't say anything so where where do what do you do you know what do you do do you you have to just accept the fact that that rifts are going to be created and friendships are going to be i've i've lost friendships over political views and it wasn't on my end my friends you know several friends that i had from my childhood we grew up and we got on facebook and you know i post something or they post something and no, we disagree about things. I'm willing to continue the friendship. They're not. They're like, you're dead to me. And who does that to friends? Who does that to family? That's just what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Believe what you want to believe, but don't be a jerk. And, and, and don't kill relationships and don't, you know, destroy things just because you're so, you know, set in your beliefs and you refuse to, I'm not saying you have to even listen, you know, to my side, because there's, there's cer- certain people that you talk to that you're going to, they're just not, there's nothing you can say that's going to change their mind. Yeah. Even if you're the, the best debater in the whole world, you know, and you're, you got all the you're, facts. You're, you're the most influential speaker in the whole world. You have all the facts lined up. They're still not going to believe you because they're, they're set in their ways or they believe what they want to believe. Uh, we do these training videos with the library. Um, it's a guy who runs a homeless shelter in Chicago. And he started doing these training videos for like de-escalation, de-escalation and um, particularly how to help with the homeless mm-hmm. people that come into because the library. A, a, libraries are, are a, a safe haven for... Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are without homes. Yeah. Or just everybody. We've had people who have run away from home. Mm -hmm. Young girls who have run away from home because they said they were being abused. And they come to the library and ask if we can help them Mm -hmm. and call the cops and what should we do. I'm kind of getting goosebumps right now (laughs) just kind of thinking about that because they they, they obviously have a positive connection with the library. But in one of these videos, you just reminded me of it, he talks about how some of these people that have these extremist views, it's almost like a badge of honor for them in their brain that they don't think like everybody else Mm -hmm. and that they can see outside of the norm that everybody else thinks. So he was talking about how you can't argue with these people. You can't show that, like, in the library context, like, give them information to disprove that it's just not worth it. He said the best way to deal with that is, he said, to be boring and not engage in it at all. Because some people will come in and try and rile people up Mm -hmm. just because they want to argue with somebody and prove how much smarter they are than everybody else because they can see what other people can't see. They, they like feel like a, they like they've been unplugged from the matrix, and the yeah. rest of and the rest of us are uh, stuck in the simulation. I don't want to. I don't know how to exactly describe it. Like it's almost like a mental tick that they have yeah. to 
they have to be different. Yeah. They have to see things differently. Yeah. So that's some of these extreme people are dealing with that. And unfortunately, it is the extreme on both sides. Mm-hmm. I, on, on both sides of any issue. I don't care what political party you belong to. I don't care what, you know, your beliefs are. As long as you are not hateful or dangerous about it. And so, some of these things are, are getting into super hate, like levels of like civil rights movement type hate and super dangerous behavior. You know, we've, we've heard about the, you know, the, the nightclub shootings at the, you know, at the gay clubs, you know, that's just targeting dangerous behavior, targeting a specific group. We've heard about uh, the the shootings and the um, was it up in New Jersey? Uh, there was the uh, primarily black neighborhood grocery store targeting. That's hate filled targeting of a specific group, and I just will not absolutely not accept that in any way. You have your beliefs. You are allowed to to that. You know, we can we can still like the same things, uh, you know, for for Harry Potter, for example. But I nothing that is super hateful or dangerous should be tolerated in any form. And if you can if you can accept J.K. Rowling's beliefs for what they are, and it doesn't bleed over into you know super hate filled or starting a revolution type behavior or dangerous behavior where people's lives are going to be in jeopardy because of it you know just like what happened in the capital attacks on January 6th that was somebody's hate filled speech that galvanized a group of people to hurt other people and no matter what side of the aisle you fall on, that should not be accepted, mm-hmm. you know. But it's but that's not everybody. That's the extreme, like you said. Like not everybody went to Washington and stormed the Capitol. The extreme of the extreme did, and we can't judge everybody based on what the extreme of the extreme does on either side of any issue, no matter where you fall. We done? <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> Let's end on a good note. Let's give a shout out to uh, Jennifer, Catherine, Luke, Amelia, uh, Anastasia, Kelly, Olivia. But I want to give a special shout out to Jane, Mommy, and little baby Ronnie who just turned one years old. Aww. How about that? Uh, you know, Ronnie is... Uh, I think she's still wearing like six six to nine month clothes. So she she's a little girl. She's not supposed to be one until the end of <laughs> June. So she, little, she was she was due on my birthday, June twenty second. Mm-hmm. But uh, she didn't want to wait. She uh, uh, visited us early and uh, had her, just had her one year uh, birthday. And um, I had previously sent her a stuffed. Hermione that she apparently uh, loves and sleeps with all the time. I sent and uh, Hermione and Crookshanks together. I sent her Ron and Scabbers. <laughs> oh no, not together. Scabbers! Yeah, not Scabbers. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah, it's, it's, I didn't even think about that. It's a little creepy. Whoopsie. Sorry, Ronnie. Sorry. Uh, she won't know for for a while. Yeah, but sure. happy birthday, Ronnie! Very happy that you are part of our our family here. And uh, that's going to do it for Chapter 24, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and then the uh, tangent that we went down <laughs> afterwards. Uh, like I said, follow us on Twitter, at BroomsticksB. Uh, like us on Facebook. Send us messages on there as well. Uh, send us your emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And thank you, Natalie, SweetiePie18, and Jennifer, for sending those emails, because you've educated me on on some things so i really really appreciate that 
Uh, thanks to all of our new fans we made in, at SalukiCon. Thank you for joining us on this journey here, and thank you, those of us who, those of you who have been with us uh, since episode one, as we hit episode one hundred and seventeen here, and continue our journey on through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Until next time, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk or a git. See ya. Bye. You know. Can see what's going on.